Good evening. Welcome to another episode of the UK Colts Fans Podcast. Tonight, um, join me as always, is the main man, the brains of the show, the guy who can break everything down um, and actually make me look like I know something. My co-host as always, Xavier. How's it going, bud? I'm good. You're too kind, man. <laughs> too kind. Uh, yeah, that's what I like to hear. But... Um, yeah, and joining us too. Uh, now, this is special. This is a big guest. We've had Colts Empire on here before. We've had the King of Colts on here before. But now we've got probably one of the OGs and someone who's probably inspired a lot of Colts fans out there to create their own content. That's, I think it's fair to call him the CEO of the Blue Stable. That's Destin. How's it going, Destin? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. I mean, hey, you're giving me a lot of credit here. I can't imagine too many people have been inspired by my stuff. But hey, if even one person out there likes the content I put out enough to have me on their podcast, I'm honored. Excellent. Um, yeah, good to both have you on. Uh, I'll run through the breaking news quickly. Uh, not much. We've waived one of the free agency linebackers that we signed, uh, Anthony Butler, I believe his name is. And we have signed defensive tackle from Autumn Woods. I'll get both of your thoughts on that, starting with you, Xavier. Um, what do you know about Autumn Woods mainly? Um, big one-tech kind of guy. I think he's a defensive tackle, right? Um, you know, he... Uh, I know he played for the Cowboys. There's some film on YouTube. You go look at him. He's uh, a lot of one-on-one -on -one drills. Uh, I know he did pretty good against Williams, their backup center, a while back. But other than that, I really don't know much about the guy. Um, according to a lot of people uh, that I saw on Twitter, they don't really think he's going to play a lot. And even at that, some people don't even think he's going to make the 53-man roster cut. So, uh, you know, time, time will tell. Not really sure. That's thing you pretty much expecting to say. Um, I mean, I, I definitely think he's going to come in. He's just going to be the competition for Taylor Stallworth, um, just for that right after Grover Stewart type role. Whenever Grover Stewart needs to come off, and those snaps have to go somewhere. Um, I think he he's definitely stronger than Taylor Stallworth when you just go watch him a little bit. He has a lot of muscle on him. Um, I think. It'll be interesting to go through camp. I mean, these last few signings we're going to see are going to be for those end-of-the-roster battle spots anyway. If I was a betting man, I'd probably say I would give Woods the benefit to make the roster over Stallworth just because he's been around the league a little bit more, a veteran presence, and I think he's just so much stronger there for that one-tech role. Um, but, hey, I'm, I'm always for whoever earns the spot gets it. Excellent. Well, that's pretty much the breaking news for now out of the way. Um, just for reference, Destin, do you just want to give yourself a quick intro to the people watching, uh, who you are, what you do, uh, what you are to Colts fans? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my name is Destin Adams. I am the CEO and co-owner of the bluestable.com, a Colts content website. And I'm also one of the hosts of the Blue Stable podcast, which is the official Colts podcast for fan sided. Um, so, I mean, you can see any of my content at thebluestable.com. You can check out if you want to listen to me and my co-host argue over the Colts and everything Colts. You can check out the podcast anywhere you can subscribe or follow to a podcast. Or if you want to see our lovely faces yell at each other, you can go ahead and check it out on YouTube. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll talk a bit about the Blue Stable because it is relevant. Um, it's one of the biggest outlet for Colts fans out there uh it's growing rapidly but where did this idea for a cult specific uh stable is an excellent term you know where did it come from or who did it who said yeah let's do this so i mean there was a good group of us but i'll say the original group that really kind of brought the idea of making our own site i mean myself um my two co-hosts rashad mcginnis and michael terrazas um <laughs> Marcus, um, who on Twitter, you guys may know him as Culture Shock. Yeah. Um, Eric Killebrew, you guys probably know him as Colts Coverage on Twitter. Um, th so that's our ownership group. And the, the idea to make our own site kind of came from there just because we were all just making Colts content. 
um, and we were always interacting with each other, and we were just trying to figure out a way that we could have one spot um, just to be able to do all that. And so we decided to make our own content site. Um, the next step was finding someone to run a website because even if we have all these great ideas, we needed someone to really put that into action for us. And that's when we met our our guy, Luke, our web designer and now co-owner of the website as well. Um, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, um, he doesn't have like a pin name, so I'll have to find his exact name for you guys to follow him. And it is at Big Vercamp. Um, on Twitter and dude does some amazing work. He helps out with our articles and he really designed the entire website. So if you like what you see at the blue big shout out to Luke there. Um, but I mean, we just all really wanted to have our own stuff out there. We really wanted a website. Um, when it came to doing the name, I was shocked that the, the word stable really wasn't being used for Colts content. Like everyone's using horseshoe. I mean, there's like six websites that have the name horseshoe in it for Colts content. Um, a lot of people like the, to use like the culture um, rep, rep name for their stuff. But I, I kept searching and searching and searching. I couldn't find anything Colts related that had to do with the stables. Um, so we knew we wanted to roll with that. Um, we liked how the name, the blue stable looked. We really liked the logo we were able to come up with. Um, and ever since then, I mean, it's been growing. It's been growing pretty well. I mean, I appreciate the shout out for sure. Um, and if you ever really want to check out articles or podcasts, just make sure you guys are checking it out. Excellent. And with that, we'll get into a show. Um, a great first segment. Uh, nice intros there. I mean, the big talking point of like, this off season. Some would say it was Carson Wentz, uh, but quite recently is picking up uh, pro ball left tackle uh, Eric Fisher. Xavier, I know you was a big advocate of this signing, um, but a lot of people are a lot of people are worried because of his injury problems. Is that something to be worried about, or you know, are we getting Anthony Costanzo's perfect replacement? Uh, maybe a little bit, um, you know, especially coming off that Achilles injury. That's usually a big, big, big problem in the NFL. Uh, when you look at people that have these career-ending injuries, the ACL tear really isn't a big problem anymore, but an Achilles injury statistically is an issue. Um, but time will tell, you know, Eric Fisher is a like, freak athlete, very, very athletic for his size. You know, he's 6'6", 320 pounds, uh, and moves like a ballerina. He's a great player. Um, you know, hopefully, what I'm hoping, of course, Colts fan, uh, hopefully this doesn't hinder his career. I don't think it will. I think modern medicine um, has the capabilities to bring him back to his full potential. But like you said, it's always a question mark and time will tell. Destin, mm-hmm. uh, were you happy with this? Um, and was you expecting this? So I would, I definitely would say, I wouldn't say I wasn't happy. Um, I definitely was higher on signing a Charles Leno just because I felt like the dollar amount would have been smaller. Um, I felt like he could start right away and just fill that void, especially if we were only going to do a one-year deal. I just thought it would be a better fit for this year. But I mean, the NFL and sports media and the sports world is all about relationships. And Eric Fisher and Ballard had an easy connection through his time in Kansas City. Um, I mean, there was definitely a need at left tackle. I think Eric Fisher was the best talent available for sure. Um, now it just goes into effect that we probably won't see him until that week three to five realm, if I had to guess, um, somewhere in that window. Now, I mean, you have to think the Colts are – pretty confident in their their medical staff's ability to rehab these torn Achilles. I mean, they have three on the roster um, that they're really just banking on that recovery. I mean, we took Dio in round two at pick 54. We have Marlon Mack returning, and now we have Eric Fisher. So, I mean, the Colts know a thing or two about the torn Achilles apparently going into the year, so you'd hope that their medical staff is confident with it. Now, I did get to talk with – with the director of player personnel, Kevin Rogers, with the Colts a while back in an uh, right after the draft press conference, and somebody did ask him about it, and he mentioned that they think that players are getting back to 100% at an alarming rate um, after tearing their Achilles, which was shocking for me to hear because whenever I hear a guy that tore his Achilles, I'm like, man, 
like his career is probably over. Like when Marlon Mack, when Marlon Mack tore his Achilles, I got, I felt that in my heart. I was like, it was like a stab because I want Marlon Mack to succeed. And I've just watched so many running backs go through torn Achilles and never look the same. Like we saw Arian Foster, um, like his career was just basically over. Um, after the torn Achilles, and obviously we're going to be rooting for Eric Fisher to have a recovery like that. And the Colts seem confident about it. I mean, they gave him a solid chump, chunk of change, um, just under ten million dollars. So you, you'd think that they're confident. Yeah, I mean, I I quite like the nickname that's starting to float around the whisper rooms for this offensive line. Um, I don't know if you've heard it, but. I, I coined it a bit earlier. The Great Wall of Indy. I love it. Um, Xavier, you know, we've talked about this offensive line and how good it is, um, especially last season. It protected a one-legged Philip Rivers. This season, it, it's, it's a fantastic uh, offensive line. It's only just, it's probably got better, if not back to the same level it was. We were quarterback who they don't have to protect as much. Um, you know, what effect does that have bringing someone like Eric Fisher into an already, um, what's the best way to put it, experienced offensive line? Um, well, I have this really good comparison, I feel like. So you think of the Browns last year. The Browns had this great offensive line. Um, they picked up Wyatt Taylor. Wyatt Taylor was kind of a question mark, you know, Everyone knew Wyatt Taylor was this huge physical specimen, but they didn't know if he'd put it into play, and this year he did. When he was on the field, he was maybe the most dominant player in the league at his position. Um, but then you looked at their draft needs last year, and they needed a big left tackle, and they brought him in. They got Jedrick Willis. Uh, and I kind of think that same thing's going to happen. I think you're going to see all them issues we had last year at that left tackle position go away as long as Eric Fisher is healthy and playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the most underrated part about the offensive line is just how experienced they are with each other. I mean, you have four guys that have basically played just about every snap for the last three or four seasons together. And like you don't get you don't see that in the NFL. You really don't, um, especially at offensive line. Now, the biggest need for me, I mean, um, even more than the starting la- left tackle spot was getting depth on the offensive line. Because I, that, that just really felt like the biggest miss that Boward had last offseason was not being able to fill the holes that left um, in guys like Joe Haig, for example, that left to go to Tampa Bay and just deciding not to fix, fill those holes and just let the guys behind him play. Um, I, I know some Colts fans aren't big Sam Tevy guys. Um, I know even more fans are not big Davenport guys. Um, but honestly, I think Sam Tevy is a better backup tackle than anyone the Colts have seen really in a, quite a while. Um, I think he's closer to the Joe Haig caliber backup tackle than people are giving him credit for personally. Um, I, I think he has the strength. I think he'll be able to affect the run game pretty much immediately if he has to play those first few weeks. Um, but I, I'm excited. I really am. I mean, Eric Fisher, we'll, we'll, we'll probably know more of a timetable come training camp. Yeah. Um, excellent. Okay. Moving on now. Predictions for the 2021-2022 season. Um, we're winning the Super Bowl. We all know that. But, um, Destiny, I'll start with you. What is in store for Colts fans this year? Uh, sorry, sorry, maybe not just results. Maybe how we're going to play. Are we going to run the ball? Are we going to be an attacking offense? Um, what do you think? I think the thing that Colts fans should be the most excited about is that Frank Reich is going to be able to have 100% of his playbook open again. Um, I don't think we're going to have to see as many uh, strategical runs up the middle on second and long, for example. Um, I think we're going to be able to see Frank Reich back to his creative element that we really got to see with Andrew Luck that first year. Um, I know I said the name that you shall not say in Colts Nation, so I apologize. Uh, But like Frank Reich just does so much better play calling when he's able to call for a quarterback that moves out of the pocket like Carson Wentz is going to. Um, I was a big Phillip Rivers guy coming in, um, and I think Phillip Rivers played better than most people probably expected, but that does not change the fact that he was the definition of immobile. Um, He didn't leave the pocket. He was really stuck there. I mean, it's probably why the toe injury didn't uh, affect him as much as 
other quarterbacks probably would because he didn't really move. He, he yeah. stayed right where he left the snap, and Carson Wentz isn't going to do that. Carson Wentz is a guy that will extend the play with his legs. He's going to be able to let Car- let Frank Wright get back to where he's comfortable being creative, and the Colts have so many guys on this offense that are going to be fun to call plays for. Naeem Hines, Paris Campbell is going to be back, T.Y. Hilton's back, Pittman's going to be better. Um, Zach Paschal is still somebody that I think is underrated across the NFL. Like there's just so many things that the Colts are going to be able to do with all these weapons, and I'm super excited. Yeah. What what do you think the plan is for the defense then? Because uh, Xavier Noise and the people who watch this show know I'm not Matt's Matt Eberflees' biggest fan. Do you think it's time we maybe shake it up a bit? He needs to change his system because it's getting exposed. So, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, my co-host, uh, Michael Tarazas, if you've listened to the Blue Stable at all, is not a Eberflus fan, um, like like to say the least. He's just he believes the soft cover two is just not meant for this day and age in the NFL and how heavy passing it is, especially when you play against elite quarterbacks. Um, I mean, it's just all really going to depend on how the secondary plays this year in this Eberflus system. Um, I do think he's due for a head coaching job here soon. So if you are not an Eberflus truther, you probably won't have to sit through it much longer. Um, but to me, the biggest thing is the guys like playing for him. Um, they've really bought into the men- mentality. And whether or not I really like the cover two system, I really do love the mentality that this defense has where if you wherever the ball is, you're going to see 10 of the Colts defenders just swallowing up that area. Um, they're, they're all migrating to the ball. They're all very active. You don't see that on every defense. You don't. You I mean, most of the guys, once the guys pass them, they give up on the snap. And you don't really see many of those guys in Indy. And that that's something that I feel like we can take a lot of pride in. Yeah. Uh, Savi, same questions for you, really. You know, are we going to be in the trenches team or are we going to see a bit of um, – airing out a bit more yeah i think he had it spot on there i think uh we're gonna see his playbook just open wide up um you know i was preaching it earlier i made a video for bring the juice you know rpo 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 that's we're gonna see way more of it um having philip rivers of course you really can't do that but with uh carson wentz it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot better you know there's going to be more options there's going to be more things he can do with it um, and, you know, especially having that three-head monster in the running back room, RPO is going to be a great option. If Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman both can stay healthy, it's going to be dangerous. Yeah. And um, defensive uh, side? Yeah, yeah, defensively. Um, you, you know, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of like him. I'm in the middle. I'm not a big fan. Um, I think some of the things he, he does do are good. I think the Tampa 2 – it can be useful in today's age in certain scenarios, but your front four has to disrupt. If your front four can't get to the quarterback, you know, it's not going to work. It's never going to work ever. Um, you know, DeForest Buckner can only do as much as he could. Justin Houston, he's, uh, to put it lightly, over the hill. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, Quiddy Pay coming in is going to be a big factor. Uh, when Dayo comes in, it's going to be a big factor as well. If he can get back from the ankle injury, he's got some juice. He can be – uh, utilize well, you know, I think this team is gearing up, you know, for what he said, the Super Bowl run. I, you know, I'm not saying Super Bowl or bust just yet, but you know, this is a young roster. We got all kinds of talent. It's time to ride. Yeah. I mean, my one thing with the defense and the one thing that really infuriates me is, you know, we have a team that we can rush more than four. We can afford to, um, we have, you know, Kenny Moore, Carrie Willis, Julian Blackman, these sort of undersized guys to say, uh, maybe not as big or as powerful as someone like Darius Leonard, but are absolutely fantastic at blitzing under the radar. That would be my one big gripe, and that's why it infuriates me. I think we have, uh, like Destin was saying, we have this defense where we swarm to the ball. I just think we're, we can afford to swarm to the quarterback a bit more. Um. Just quickly then, both of you, I'll start with Destin. What are your result predictions then? Uh, winning record, I, guess, I take it? Man, it's tough to like remember 
the records now that we're at 18, we're at 17 games instead of 16. Mm-hmm. Um, because like in my mind just now, I wanted to say 11 and five, but I was like, that doesn't add up. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think the biggest thing, even more than win totals is it's important that we get back on top of the AFC South. We get that AFC South title. Um, I'm not trying to say that we're a Super Bowl or bust team because I think the NFL is a lot different than a lot of sports where, there's just so many teams that are going to be competing for a Super Bowl that have legitimate chances with the rosters and just how the setup is to be the point that it would take a lot to be Super Bowl or bust personally, um, in my opinion, for any team. Um, even Tampa Bay coming back. Like, I wouldn't even say they're Super Bowl or bust. But I would say the Colts are AFC South divisional champs or bust. Um, like if we if we even if we're in the playoffs next year as a wild card team, but we lost the division still, that like that that season's a loss in my opinion. Um, like we've, we've been second and third in the division for way too long now for a team that likes to, for a fan base, especially that likes to spread around the records that we have against the, our our co-divisional teams and how the Colts have dominated the AFC South for the last couple of decades. But then we haven't won a division title in more than five years. I mean, that's something that we got to change. I mean, if I had to go win total, um, I'll say that the Colts win. Um, I'll say 11 games still. So that'd be 11 and six, um, not five for anybody listening. That sounds weird. 11 and six doesn't really flow off the tongue uh, like 11 and five does. But I'll I'll say 11 and six and praying for the AFC South title. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, This year is kind of hard for predictions, uh, especially, you know, we have one pretty much determining factor is Carson Wentz going to play at a adequate level for us to succeed. Um, Personally, I think he does. You know, I love, I mean, you can ask uh, Harrison here. I love Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. I think he got the pretty raw end of a deal in Philadelphia at the end of Howie Roseman, uh, not being able to keep depth on his offensive line. But I think that we win 12 games. I think 12 and 5 is about where we're going to sit at. I think our defense is didn't do anything but improve this year. Um, I think our offense did the same. We just got Eric Fisher, uh, picked up more depth at the offensive line. I think if we stay healthy at the receiver court, it's going to be a big bonus as well. Uh, and then plus getting a young quarterback in Carson Wentz um, that's going to be mobile and be able to extend plays and make this offense just a little bit more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I'm going to say, you know, we, it's going to be interesting. Um, preseason is going to be interesting. Uh, battle the backup quarterbacks uh, in uh, Jacob Eason and Sam Erlinger. That'll be an interesting one to watch. But I think going into this season, we have to go in there with swagger and we have to go in there with, you know, we are a good team and we should be. You know, saying that uh, we're no longer an underdog team or a building team. This is, you know, these are our years now. These next three to five years are the years where the Colts are going to be really good team and hard to beat. I'd say, yeah, I'd say more than 12, 13 win mark. Um, We're going to be at, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting, but... um, I think we're a good team and we need to play like we're a good team. We need to play with that chip on our shoulder because teams aren't going to want to come and face our defence. They didn't last season with, um, you know, Justin Houston, the old guy, and DeForest Butner. I know Justin Houston maybe didn't have a great year by numbers, but he could still impact games. And Darius Leonard, no no quarterback in the world wants to try and stare down Darius Leonard. Uh, so I think we're a dog team and we need to play like it. Brings me on to my next point. Um mini well, uh mini camp seems to be going well, but we know that, that sort of means nothing. Uh that's just like a couple of weeks holidays for the um the actual players where the youngsters come in and just throw throw a ball and hope they get picked for pre-season. Now pre-season is gonna be interesting, like I said. Um I thought it was a weird one drafting Sam Erlinger, um, especially after Jacob Eason came out and said he was ready to lead the team. Um, I thought that showed great leadership and I was behind him all the way. I'll start with you, Destin. Who's on the 53-man roster at the end of preseason? Between Eason and Erlinger? Yeah. Uh, 
Um, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, um, I was tweeting for months before the draft mm-hmm. that whoever drafted Sam Ellinger, it would be the worst pick of the 2021 NFL draft. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I just don't see much upside with him as a starting quarterback ever personally. Um, I, I will say that like, he's a guy that it's hard not to get behind. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's a winner. He just has that personality and that mentality that you'd like. Um, but I believe if he ever had to play a snap in the NFL, he would fail. Um, mm-hmm. Just personally, just because of his skill set and just what I've watched and scouted on him a little bit. Um, if I had to pick right now who made the roster, I'd probably say Jacob Eason still. Um, I'm a bigger Jacob Eason guy than Ellinger guy for sure. I think the traits are there for Eason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's possible that they made this pick even to push Eason a little bit um, to be able to earn that that backup role because you don't want anyone to feel safe. You don't want anyone to feel complacent in their game, especially um, here entering the year for cuts. I mean, you want everybody competing their butts off in training camp to earn every spot. And mm-hmm. I want whoever the Colts staff looks at and says that guy earned the quarterback two spot. That's who I want out there. Even if I'm a bigger mm-hmm. um, Eason guy and then Ellinger, I want to have to write a apology on Twitter to (laughs) Sam Ellinger for months of slandering his ability. Like that's what I want. I I want whoever is going to be the better option and backup quarterback for the Colts. But um, since I'm a betting man, um, I would say Jacob Eason makes it. Uh, Xavier, what are your thoughts on the backup quarterback, backup, backup quarterback battle? Yeah. I, I thought it was something similar to what he was saying. I thought it was just kind of a motivational pick. Uh, get Eason motivated because Eason coming out of the draft, you know, he had this big arm, he had accuracy, he had all kinds of stuff. He had uh, great pocket awareness. You know, Eason had a lot of things, but the biggest gripe that you heard about him was, was coming from his coaching staff, and that was that he did not have a lot of drive after practice. You know, he didn't put in that extra time. He didn't push himself. Uh, and I think this is what this pick is. I think this is a little push in that direction, especially after Easton came out and said, hey, if you all need a quarterback, I'm here. I can play it. You know, he said that whenever we were in that quarterback uh, mysterious or mysterious quarterback realm where we didn't have one. Hiatus. Uh, yeah, quarterback yeah. hiatus. Yeah, so I think I think that, like he said, this is a pick to motivate him. Hopefully it does because honestly, I think Jacob Eason could be better than Carson Wentz. That's a big shout. I mean, I'm a big um, Jacob Eason enthusiast. I really, I mean, we picked him up in the fourth round, and I really like the pick in the fourth round because um, I believe he's more talented than the fourth round. Um, I like his arm. We all know he's got a strong arm probably up there with Josh Allen, uh, the speed and the power he throws it. And it was just whether he could redefine his raw talent into NFL talent. And, you know, before we, obviously, before we re-signed T.Y. Hutton, before we knew what was going on at left tackle, um, I was sort of ready, you know, to go, well, I know the game record changed, but I was sort of ready to go 7-9 and nine with a rookie in Jacob Eason than go 8-8 eight and eight with Carson Wentz. And that was sort of my thinking. And that was why I sort of wanted Eason to lead a team. Just quickly, Destin, you know, the last time the Colts had the worst pick of the draft, it turned out to be Darius Leonard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, hopefully Sam Erling can have the same effect. Um, I wish every player could. But did you call Darius Leonard the worst pick of the draft? Because if you did, then... The- Something going on here that we we don't know about. So I was in Dallas for the draft that year, um, actually. So like I got tickets for the first round. Um, so I was there on the on the ground level for when Quentin Nelson was picked, and I was just around for the draft for the second round. I didn't go inside, and I remember just looking up at the screen and seeing that the Colts select Darius Leonard, and I was like, "Who the hell is that?" 
<laughs> um, I, I remember, like, I was like, man. So, but I watched a little bit about him, la- like, after the draft process that year, and um, I saw a little bit of it. I mean, I, I wouldn't have taken him in the second round just off his body of work. I, I don't think I would have said it was the worst pick in the draft that year. Um, but, I mean, hey, Darius Leonard definitely proved me wrong. Um, I, there was guys I would have taken over Blackman last year. Um, he's mm-hmm. proved me wrong already. Um, there, there's been multiple picks. Where ba- or, or just have to admit, oh, Bowers, Bowers smarter than I am. <laughs> and, I mean, that's just like – I think everyone has to come to that mentality. And I am far from prideful. I've already said it. Like, if Sam Ellinger goes out and proves me wrong, even if he becomes a quality backup quarterback – I will solemnly apologize to any Sam Ellinger fans, any, to Sam Ellinger personally, um, like because I, I want anybody who's taken by the Colts to succeed. I want anybody the Colts take, even if they're guys that I root for like and I love as prospects, I want them to exceed my expectations. Um, it's just going to be easier for Sam Ellinger to do so because my expectations are so low. <laughs> um, we have an esteemed guest watching. Lawrence, nice to see you. Um, have I got my merch, Lawrence? Just so you know, it's not you. It's been delayed in customs uh, in Spain, so it's not you. It's just stuff takes a long time getting over, especially with everything that's going on. Uh, but nice to see you, Lawrence. Always nice to have guests in the uh, comments. Anyway, back to it. Um, I'm going to talk about a position that has been up for debate since. Well, when's it been up for debate? probably since about week two last season, uh, and that's the cornerback spot. Obviously, Rocky Sin didn't have the year we was all expecting him to have. Um, I know Chris Ballard is a big advocate of Rocky Sin. He must see something we don't see because he's not been fantastic. One guy I would put up, you know, there's no doubt Xavier Rhodes is cornerback one going into next season, but one guy I would put up for being cornerback two is Isaiah Rogers. Do you guys have, I'll start with Xavier, do you have a cornerback you want to see break through this year? Um, yeah, Rock. I, I want Rock to succeed more than probably anyone in Colts Nation right now. I love Rock Yassin. Uh Dude was a two-time state champion wrestler, super physical, uh, will lay the lumber on anyone, any receiver in this league. He is that guy. Um, you know, the only issue is he's just a little too handsy. Um, you know, his technique's a little off right now, but I think he can work on it. I think he's got that Chris Ballard build as well, really long arms, uh, just physical player. And he's that perfect Tampa 2 corner. When you think of a guy that plays over in the flats and has to get physical with even a tight end or running back coming out of the backfield or a big receiver, he can do it. He can blow up a screen. He can do it all. So if anyone I want to see excel this year, it has to be Rocky Sam. That's good. So of the guys on the roster currently, I mean, that's who I want to be. Um, see cornerback two for sure, just because I feel like if Rock takes the next step, I mean, the whole defense is taking the next step. I mean, like like Xavier said, like he his his aggressive play style, his high effort um, play, it's hard not to root for Rock. I mean, he he definitely gets in his own way sometimes with some of the hits he does or some of the bites he does on some receiver stunts that they can pull on him at times. Um, but corner is the hardest position to play in football. Um, like you're you're asked to cover some of the best athletes in the world at receiver, and you're asked to keep some of these guys in front of you. Um, like I can't imagine lining up across from Tyree Kill and being expected to uh, not let him blow past me. Um, I mean, I obviously probably also run like a six two forty, and that could be giving me a little bit too much credit. But um, I will say a name that I really hope the Colts find a way to make happen, even if it's during training camp. Um, Steven Nelson is still a, a free agent on the market, and I think he would be amazing to come in and be CB two. Personally, I, I think the it's more than likely that Xavier Rhodes regresses from last year. Um, I just don't, it'll be very hard to duplicate the same production he had last year. So I think having as strong of a secondary as possible around him will be the best way to do so. So personally, we have the cap, we have the roster spots to do so. Go get Steven Nelson off the streets. He was CB1 for the Steelers last year, and he was the best corner there 
and Mike Hilton was also solid, but I would give Nelson the nod. I mean, Nelson was asked to cover everyone's corner, everyone's receiver one last year for Pittsburgh, and for the most part, really did so well. Um, I'm not sure why he's still a free agent, but I would bring him to Indy in a heartbeat. Um, going back to the quarterback situation from Lawrence, I think Sam was signed mainly to be the quarterback who pretends to be the Mo- the mobile QBs of other teams when the Colts need to practice against. I mean, yeah, that could that would be a smart move. Um, is Lawrence calling? Uh, is Lawrence saying that Jacob Beeson's slow? Uh, no, I think what he's saying is. Um, I was just joking, but I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean that's an interesting. Um, way to go about it. I mean, the Colts did draft him. Um, like that's the only thing that I like to me. Like for the Colts to be willing to draft him, and especially a quarterback. Um, this is to quote Kevin Rogers um, post draft what he had to say about Ellinger, and that was if you have a quarterback on your draft board at all, that means you believe in him um, because you're not you're not putting any quarterback on your board if you don't believe in him. So taking him in the sixth round to me. Um, it has to do with competing personally. Like I just feel like you don't draft him. If it, if it was an undrafted free agency signing, um, I would probably lean more towards the way that Lawrence is saying for sure. Um, but I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that they really like the person that Sam Ellinger is. Um, and I think they believe that the coaching staff can make Ellinger decent enough as a backup quarterback um, in those roles. But I think it had a lot to do with just who Sam Ellinger was as a person and how he impressed him there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, moving on to the next part of the show. Uh, it's always a fun one. The scheduling. Um, I know the scheduling brings up a lot of, um, you know, people don't like it. We never get enough primetime games. We always get uh, dead rubber games to say. I won't ask what you think the schedule I'll go with you, Xavier. If we had to have one primetime game this year, uh, what battle do you want to see? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Every year, uh, Tennessee. Give it a prime time. I want everyone to see us whoop up on them on national television. <laughs> uh, simple as that. Uh, Destin? I mean, everyone gets at least one primetime game, obviously, So because mm-hmm. everyone has to play on Thursday night. I think it's going to be against Jacksonville this year and not Tennessee, um, just because I bet Jacksonville is going to get – too many primetime games, to say the least, whenever the schedule's announced tomorrow. Uh, I think they're going to be very marketable. I think they're going to be able to find ways to get them on national television. Um, so that's what I'm going to guess we play. The biggest thing for me is it better be at home. Um, I, I'm a first-time season ticket holder for the Colts this year. So um, if we bring home a home primetime game, Colts Nation, you're welcome. My money was well spent. Um I will say that on our podcast um, that dropped this morning, we talked a little bit about what we what we would predict primetime wise. And my co-host Michael Tarazas made a pretty fun comment was that the Baltimore game, because can you imagine the marketing ability that Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football could use if Indy was going to Baltimore for a primetime game? Yeah, like that they would just be able to do so much, um, like marketing wise, of they could talk all about the Colts leaving in the middle of the night of Baltimore, and they could be interviewing a bunch of upset Baltimore Colts fans. Yeah. Like, I just think you could do so much there. And on Lawrence's comment, I mean, from going from one primetime game for the last couple of seasons and zero home games, I would definitely take the under on three and a half, um, just because like that'd be a pretty solid jump. If we can even get two. And one is at home. I mean, that's an improvement. But the one at home is crucial. Please, please, please give us a home primetime game. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to have a primetime game in Baltimore, but, you know, they might try and lock us in the stadium overnight and not let us go. So, um, yeah, that's their fault. Uh, (laughs) The home primetime game, though, there's one battle that I'm really dying to see this year and that's Trevor Lawrence versus Quitty Pay and DeForest Butler. That is gonna be a fantastic battle. And I think that's the game where Trevor Lawrence is gonna get his welcome to the NFL moment. Um and he's really gonna discover that it's a different level of competition at the NFL level. I mean he's not he hasn't lost since high school, right? 
So I mean, he, he's yeah. he's gonna he's gonna get a well, well. He hasn't lost a regular season game since yeah. high school. Let me correct that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, he's gonna get a welcome to the NFL moment as soon as he loses. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not used to that. I mean, quick question on Trevor Lawrence. I know this is a Colts past podcast, so I only asked the one. Um, I brought this up before the draft. I said a lot of people mistaken what I said. A lot of people thought I said Trevor Lawrence was a bad quarterback. Not what I said. I just don't think Trevor Lawrence is an Urban Myers guy. Um, I think Urban Myers had to take Trevor Lawrence because if he didn't, he would have got ran out of Jacksonville. Uh, I'll go quickly to save you. Is Trevor Lawrence an Urban Myers guy? Am I reading too much into what a previous college coach were like? Um, <clears throat> uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's all preference at the end of the day, but. Uh, if you're thinking of NFL mold quarterback, I think Trevor Lawrence just, you know, he's that guy. You know, he fits he fits the bill. Um, I think being Urban Meyer in that situation to take a guy like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, uh, it's almost sacrilegious. I mean, the the way Trevor Lawrence has succeeded at every level, the success he brings, his whole body of work, you know, just everything he has, it's just hard to it's hard to pass up on that. Um, culturally, yeah, I can see what you're saying. He's not, he doesn't seem like he meshes with Urban Meyer, but I don't think there's going to be a big issue. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be able to succeed at his, in his own right. Yeah. He probably doesn't take the job if he's not willing to take Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure that was like a stipulation in it. I mean, (laughs) now I'm not a big Urban Meyer fan. Um, I've just always felt like he has kind of run his, uh, teams or his universities or whatever you want to call it uh very sketchily um i just feel like he's always kind of just had this weird sketchiness to him um i'm really interested to see if he works out in the nfl um i mean you you can't be players best friends in the nfl and succeed um so i don't know i mean i think trevor lawrence is going to succeed i just think he has all the tools he has all the skills i mean he's 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 also just a very uh, extraordinary person um aside from his talent so i mean for him to fail in the nfl would just have to be a ultimate flop by jacksonville in my opinion um now i I don't know if i would say that i think he is like the second coming um that some people believe that he is uh but i mean jacksonville got made the right choice uh, at least with the quarterback i would not have hired urban meyer um but that could just be a little bit of saltiness from me i'm just because i've just never been an urban meyer guy yeah. um lawrence again say i think the colts bills would be prime. that would be a good prime time game um that's the one that i that's the one i predicted on our podcast yesterday yeah i mean we coached ourselves out of that playoff game we should have won it if, if we played smart we would have won it we played aggressive we lost it that's just the way it goes. I don't even know if it was an out, if we coached ourselves out of it. Cause I really didn't. I mean, I, I know I'm in the minority here, but I really mm-hmm. didn't disagree with um, the majority of the coaching decisions. The going for two in the fourth, I didn't like um, mm-hmm. after the penalty set us up. Um, I just didn't see the point of it. But, and then like they went right back and got the two on the next one though. So, I mean, it kind of canceled each other out, yeah. but I, I liked most of the other aggressive play calls. I mean, it's just who Frank Reich is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing is a lot of the 50, 50 balls and the 50, 50 situations didn't go our way. If another no name receiver from Buffalo gets a toe tapper on the sideline, um, <laughs> like I, I would have lost my crab. I mean, they, they were just finding ways. Buffalo mm-hmm. earned it. Um, that was, I think that was the best game of the playoffs um, yeah. of a very boring playoff run this past year of a lot of blowouts. Like that was the best game. Yeah. Um, okay. Getting into the last section now, uh, the show before we wrap up, it's just a couple of fun questions. It's nothing serious. Uh, it's a good thing to have a laugh about. I've asked Savi this question. I all, so I'll come to you, Destin, but I always ask guests on this show, this question, um, the Oklahoma drill, you've got Quentin Nelson on one side, you've got DeForest Butner on the other side. Who's winning that battle? Quentin Nelson. Whew, straight off the bat like that. I'm going to say Quentin Nelson just because, not because of skill set or anything, it's just Quentin Nelson's a dog, man. Like DeForest <laughs> Buckner off the field is kind of a nice guy. 
Like, I think Quentin Nelson just has that, like, I'm a dick mentality all the time. Like, like Quentin Nelson just wants to win. Like, he doesn't care if it's tic-tac-toe, if it's football, if it's a drag race. Like, he just has that dog mentality. So, I mean, I'm always going to take that personality type over um, a guy like DeForest Buckner. But, I mean, both are all pros for a reason. Both are premier guys at their positions. Um, so DeForest, if for some reason you're listening, I still love you, and I would love for you to go on my <laughs> podcast and tell me while I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know, Quentin Nelson, like we say, is probably that guy who goes back to his high school basketball team and starts dun- dunking on 14-year-olds and just, like, throwing the ball at them and throwing it in the face. Quentin Nelson's the guy who is going to have a kid and will not let them win. Like his three-year-old will be trying to shoot on their little like tyke basketball goal in his room and Quentin Nelson will come block it. Uh, nice to see you, killer. Cause uh, fire. I mean, I hope you're talking about the show because that would be nice. Um, okay, the next question. I thought this one today uh, while I was bored during my day job. So Indy's, well, two of Indy's greatest quarterbacks of all time, obviously Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. If we switch, uh, switch, can't speak tonight, switch situation. So you have Peyton Manning in the Andrew Luck era and Andrew Luck in the Peyton Manning era. Regardless of how good that Peyton Manning team did, and regardless of how bad the situation was with Chuck and Ryan Grigson and all that jazz, who has the better years if you swap them two quarterbacks? I'll start with Xavier. Um, that's a good question. Because that's two different eras. It's two different ways the game are played. Um, you know, they're similar in ways, but in other, it's not. The quarterback has, you know, is way more protected. The quarterback has, you know, just so much more he can do. Offenses were starting to realize, oh, it's really a passing league. We just got to air it out. Um, yeah, but I, I still think Peyton Manning wins. You know, you got Marvin Harrison. You got Reggie Wayne. You got Jeremy Shockey. You got Dallas Clark. You got all these guys. That are just absolute studs. Plus Jeff Saturday, who was a beast, you know, good offensive line as well. Uh, I still think Peyton Manning would have succeeded in any era he went to. So that's my answer. I still take Peyton. So are we saying statistically or are we saying like Super Bowls? Uh, Just you have Peyton Manning and his team on one side of the field. You have Andrew Luck and his team on the other side of the field. Who wins that battle? Oh, I see. I was I mean, I mean Peyton Manning had a much better situation than Andrew Luck, I'll say that. I mean, whether you talk about how just dynamic the offense was, I mean, when it's all said and done, the Colts are gonna have at least four Hall of Famers um from that offensive side with Peyton. Um, I mean, his GM from the time is in the is in the Hall of Fame, his head coach at the time is in the Hall of Fame put on the fact that the defensive side of the ball is going to have a couple Hall of Famers and a couple that if they stayed healthy probably would be in the Hall of Fame as well. I mean, Peyton, those those Colts teams are probably some of the most talented teams in history. And the biggest problem with Andrew Luck is that he succeeded without that kind of support. Um, his rosters really weren't that special. Um, his GM was special in a different way. Um, his head coach just really kind of held him back at times. Like, Andrew Luck – I mean, Peyton Manning was set up for success, and Andrew Luck had to succeed despite his situation. Um, I mean, it'd be hard to beat what Peyton Manning was able to do. I mean, Peyton Manning's one of the – I think if you have Peyton Manning outside of your top three greatest quarterbacks of all time, you're just trying too hard. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, personally, like, I just just don't know how you can look at his body of work and what he was able to do with two different franchises and not include him in the top three. So – I mean, you got to take Peyton Manning just because the odds are there. That like it's it'd be hard to replicate that. But I will say, I mean, Andrew Luck really got the short end of the stick, man. Uh, killer. Damn shame we only got one Super Bowl out of that. Yeah, that hurts. Um, damn shame we only got one Super Bowl out of Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. Um, that's all Ryan Grigson's fault. I'll blame it on Ryan Grigson. Um, well, so we can't we can't end on this negative note, guys. Like, oh, well, well, we got- We've got more coming, don't worry. Um, but I will say the one thing that did sum up that era is we had probably the general generational talent in Andrew Luck. Um, and we had a defensive-minded head coach, which just summed up the franchise at the point. 
But like I said, on to better things, on to brighter things. Let's end the show on a high. Um, breakout players this year. Um, obviously, I could say Quitty Pay. We, we know he's going to be fantastic. Um, but like I said, I really want to see Isaiah Rogers do well this year. Uh, Xavier, who do you want to see do well this year? Um, I've already said Rock, but, you know, if I'm going to pick another person, it's it's definitely going to be Eric Fisher. You know, if Eric Fisher can come back healthy, uh, I hope he goes way beyond expectations, even though the expectations are pretty astronomical for him right now. Um, I actually did a film breakdown. It just got posted to bring the juice for them. And, like, there's just some plays that you watch on film of this guy hawking down safeties 20 yards down the field, and you're just like, man, you know, a guy that size just should not be able to move that way. So, yeah, that's got to be my pick. Uh, Dustin? Um, my, I'll, I'll give two. My obvious one will be Carson Wentz because if Carson Wentz gets back to 2017 Carson Wentz, this Colts team is going to be dangerous um, because the, the roster is better than that Philadelphia team. Um, and I think all the things are there for Carson to succeed. Um, and my second one I'm going to say is Paris Campbell because I feel like if uh, we're at the end of the year and we say Paris Campbell was a – um, big riser. That means he was able to stay healthy the whole year, which would be huge for him personally. And I think for the Colts in general, he's a special kind of talent when he's on the field. Uh, I think we've seen just his ability to create separation at a very high rate when he's healthy. Um, and I think even last year we saw how much that it felt like Frank Reich was going to call plays specifically for Paris Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, so that shows some trust that the coaching staff has in him. So I'm going to say Paris Campbell. And then obviously we all want Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, you the viewers agree, Paris Campbell. Uh, yes, it will be nice. Number one, Paris Campbell, we'll call him from now on. Um, I mean, that's really all I had scheduled on my plans for the show. Um, Xavier, do you have any questions, anything you wanted to bring up that we haven't? Uh, no, not really, man. You covered it all. <laughs> uh, Destin, anything you want to bring up? Yeah, I mean, just thanks for having us on, having me on, guys. Really, um, I mean, not to plug myself over here, but just really make sure you guys are checking out thebluestable.com. We have a lot of stuff going on. We have a lot of writers that are producing content for everybody. Um, but hey, we also got to talk to Darius Butler on our newest episode of the Blue Stable. So make sure you go and check that out. He had a lot of things to say about your boy Rock. Yeah, wait. So you had it. Go and check out the Blue Stable. Um, We've had massive interview with Darius Butler recently. Is it on Twitter, YouTube? Um, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's on YouTube. It's anywhere you can find podcasts. So, Apple, Spotify, Google. Um, but if you follow the Blue Stable, there's there's a link there. You can just click, um, and it'll show you all the ways to listen or, or watch. Excellent. There you go, viewers. Go and check that out. Um, this has been another episode. I can't thank Destin enough for coming on the show. I can't thank my co-host, as always, Xavier, for being the brains of the show. Um, This has been UK Colts fans. Uh, See everyone later. Um, The Colts are winning the Super Bowl. I'll I'll come on.